Hey y'all, welcome back to the Confessions of a Crappy Christian Podcast, a place where you and all of your crap are not just welcome, you're wanted. I'm your host, Blake Guichet, and every week I'm showing up with a new friend to talk about the things we're really great at, the ways Christ fills in the gaps on the things that we're not, and how he has been faithful to make his power perfect in our weaknesses. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered and not alone in your struggles, and that people sharing their stories pushes you to share yours. All right, let's do this. Y'all, I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest. My new friend, Chandra Dalton-Smith, is an internal medicine physician who has created a ministry called I Choose My Best Life. She is taking her own story of burnout and exhaustion and is using it to guide people towards true rest in Christ. And y'all, it is incredible. This interview is packed with wisdom and lots of me in the background saying, oh, yes. And I seriously learned so much. So I'm so excited for y'all to learn from her and all of the knowledge she has to offer. Hey, Chandra, thank you so much for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes. Okay, so I found Chandra on Instagram, as we do, um, looking for some resources about rest, and that is kind of her forte. So we are here to talk about something that I really think everybody needs some help with in some capacity, which is just real, true Sabbath-type rest. And I'm so excited because I need this just as much as any of us do. Um, So tell us a little bit about your journey to discovering that rest isn't optional and what an integral part of life it really is. Yeah, it started out with my own burnout story, Mm -hmm. really. Um, I'd gotten to the point where I was doing all the things that I felt like God had called me to do, and I was just active and busy. I'm an internal medicine physician. I still have an active practice, and I felt that I had a call to um, write because I really wanted to be able to give my patients more information than, you know, what you can give in a normal 15-minute doctor's appointment. So I was getting all this stuff done, and I had gotten to the stage where it just wasn't It didn't feel good anymore. Mm. So I was being very productive. Uh, You know, I was producing a lot of things, but my life just didn't feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so um, I started to get the headaches and all the things that go along with burnout, um, the depression, the anxiety, everything. Um, And it got to the stage where I ended up either having one or two things was going to happen. Either I was going to go into a complete depression uh, funk or I was going to figure out what needed to happen to pull myself out of that. And honestly, it was uh, a scripture that God had shown me and Isaiah, or at least I kind of happened upon might be a gr- better way of saying yeah. it. Um, in Isaiah um, chapter 30, verse 12 through 15, where it's talking about the Israelites and how, you know, God had given them all this, these promises and all these things and blessings that were supposed to happen. And they were getting real discouraged because it wasn't happening the way that they had anticipated. And what it says is, the key phrase was when returning and rest, you shall be saved mm. and quietness and trust or confidence. Another version says shall be your strength. And the last sentence it says, but you would have none of it. Mm. And I had such a deep conviction at that last statement because it wasn't that God wasn't offering me rest. I mean, he was offering it in Matthew eleven twenty eight. and he was mm-hmm. offering it from Genesis from the very right. beginning. He was constantly offering it. 
but I would have none of it. I had kind of made up my mind that to get the blessings, I had to grind it out, work like a dog, labor under this system and completely took trust and confidence in him all of that out of the picture. Oh my gosh. So I think I just got super convicted. (laughs) Like that was like a word. I mean, there are really so many consequences, but at the end of the day, it's what God is handing us and we're not taking it. Which I mean, is the, in the end is disobedience. Like our decision not to rest is just outright being like, I don't need that. Even though you say over and over and over that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And for me, it was one of those things where it came down to, it was as if I just, and I had a huge issue with trusting God because, you know, my, my initial child uh, formative years were not um, what I would have hoped. My mother died soon after childbirth. So mm-hmm. I always grew up kind of thinking of God as, as taking something from me. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone, you know, you grow up in the church in the South and mm-hmm. everyone says, oh, well, God needed an angel uh-huh. more. And I'm thinking he needed it. He needed her more than I needed uh, a mom. Right. You know, as a newborn. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, so Sometimes the world is things. just broken, you know? Like. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that really got in my head as a child. And so I had a hard time trusting God and, and rest requires trust. Mm-hmm. It requires being able to kind of uh, kind of take our hands off the things that we think we need to hold so tightly to. Oh my gosh. Or just that. I think sometimes I think I am more capable. Mm, yeah. I, I can grind <laughs> this out. I can hustle this to fruition versus mm-hmm. trusting that like God has good things for me and oh, that so his plan is better. I know that's a big part of my struggle is mm, I think I can do this better than yeah. <laughs> your grand plan, which is so crazy and backwards. But we do We that. are sisters. I think the same. <laughs> I, I, honestly, there's so many times when, you know, you, you have an uh, idea of kind of what you feel like God is leading you to. And you're thinking, oh, if, you know, if I just work hard enough, I can make it happen. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really been the surprising thing that's been really driving me all along this past year is that there have been things that have come, the deeper I learn how to rest and mm-hmm. how to apply what I've, you know, the teachings from sacred rest, the more I learn how to do that, the more I see things happen that I could never make happen oh. if I worked myself to death. And you're able to enjoy them. Yes. Yeah, That's absolutely. been a huge, I mean, yes, I can work myself to death and maybe reach what I'm trying to reach for, but I'm going to be so dang tired mm-hmm. and burnt out. Miserable. I'm going to be miserable <laughs> and I'm not even going to be able to enjoy the fruits of these labors that I've put in, whether That's it's so true. like a actual tangible goal or it's just getting to a place in your life. If you've hustled yourself there. Okay. And that's where most people are. There's mm-hmm. so the, the large majority of the patients I see are in some type of, of work atmosphere. You know, most of them are between the ages of 30 to about 65. So they're actively working. Mm-hmm. And I would probably say about 70% of them hate what hate their lives oh, I know. as far as their, their jobs, their career life. And I mean, when you think about the amount of hours and, and that you spend doing that, I mean, that's depressing to just yes. even consider, but that's the life people are living. And I truly believe is because we get into that cycle where we think that rest is just this extra commodity. Mm-hmm. It's like that book sitting on your shelf and you're like, well, I'll get to it. Right. How often do you get to it unless you're intentional about it? Right. It just sits there. Right. But with a book, that's not 
some like deeply necessary part of your life right. where That's rest true. really is. And really I is. love that you mentioned earlier that you're a doctor and then also that um, you've written your book, Sacred Rest. And what I love is that in that book, you're combining really the science and the spirituality of rest. And so I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier when we were talking before we started recording that I actually ended up in adrenal fatigue this mm-hmm. summer which mm-hmm. has really been my story towards pursuing rest because I, like you were talking about, I went full burnout, like full blazing crash. And so can you talk to us a little bit about the science behind the need for rest? Yeah. for When I started my, when I got to my own stage of burnout, I needed a way of recovery. And, you know, the first thing I think when most people get to uh, when they know that they're tired, I mean, that's what you feel. You just know Mm -hmm. you're tired. Mm -hmm. You don't have any energy. I think like most people, my initial response was I must need more sleep. Right. Because I wasn't really getting a lot of sleep and the sleep I was receiving really wasn't high quality sleep. Mm -hmm. So I actually started my studies in the sleep aspect of it. And, you know, sleep is divided into five stages. So you have the non-REM and the REM. And under non-REM, you have stage one through four. And then you have the REM, which is the stage five, the dream Mm -hmm. sleep. Mm -hmm. So um, for most people, we're getting like stage one and two, Mm -hmm. which is what I call mommy sleep. It's like you're asleep. (laughs) You could like wake up at any second. Yeah. Yeah. You're like listening for babies rolling in bed. I mean, you're like (laughs) ready to pop up at anything. Yeah. And then stage three. So two is a little bit deeper. You know, the baby's got to cry before you wake up. Mm -hmm. And then stage three is when actually the restoration comes. Mm. That's when you actually get into a deep enough level of sleep that you begin to have your nerves endings kind of regenerated the neurons are regenerated the muscle fibers all those things you need to happen to actually feel better the Mm -hmm. restoration part of it and then fourth is that what i call floppy sleep you have kids (laughs) and they've ever fallen Uh asleep in the car and they're like all laid out dead weight (laughs) so that you know that is the deepest level of sleep well you know i got to the point where i felt like i was getting high quality sleep i was getting three you know the three and beyond sleep and I was still exhausted. Mm-hmm. And so as a medical doctor, when you look at the science and the and the initial what medical school teaches you, that is kind of what's the big focus has been for most people. Get more sleep, get mm-hmm. high quality sleep. And that wasn't my problem. Mm-hmm. That's when I started really looking at the science on what makes people feel tired. Mm. And the more I started reading about it and, you know, aside from the medical things like thyroid dysfunction, adrenal dysfunction, those kind of things, you know, vitamin deficiencies, because all of those are possibilities. Right. But I checked all of that. Yeah. And none of that was the problem. What came up repetitively was the inability to rest well, Mm -hmm. that most people, when they said that they were going to go rest on the weekend, they would pick these kind of like obscure activities and at the end of the activities, they didn't feel any better. Mm-hmm. That's when I really started diving deep into what really is rest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, what I found was that rest really is about restoration. Because when someone tells me they're going to go rest, if they can't identify what is exactly being restored, then it really isn't rest. Mm. And so as I um, looked up the science and started kind of pulling it, it apart, looking at the, combining it with the scripture and what the scripture was saying about rest, I found seven different unique types of rest. Oh, wow. And that is when I really started to do my personal deep dive. Yeah. Because the science had really focused on the top three, physical, mental, spiritual. Mm-hmm. However, the Bible 
and then further at search and the, the research and the literature, she goes into some deeper ones like um, emotional, sensory, social, and creative. Yeah. And those four are what I find most people when I, when they take my free rest quiz at restquiz.com. Yes. Those four are the main ones that, that I find need. that most people have no idea even no. exist, uh-uh. let alone that they need that it. They need <laughs> it. <laughs> they don't be, so, and they could be excelling at one yeah. and completely missing out on another. And the problem is if you're missing out on any of them, your, your body can tell something's off. Mm-hmm. because all seven of them make up who you are. Mm-hmm. So it's been very interesting just hearing the testimonies and as people kind of work through the process to be able to see how it's affecting their lives and their relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll link to your quiz and your website and everything, but we'll link to that quiz in the show notes. So if you're interested in going to take that, make sure you hop over there because I just had this conversation with somebody the other day that your rest is not the same as my rest. Mm -hmm. That rest looks different for all of us. That rest for you may be curling up with a book, but I'm going to get distracted and that I'm going to be your rest can be different which absolutely i i think we've gotten into this mindset of it's one thing it's napping or it's reading a book (laughs) or it's sitting on the beach when it may not be no we've dumbed rest down to the point that it's ineffective oh my gosh because we we lump it over all into this great big category whereas you mentioned like um Sitting at the beach. Sitting at the beach is a type of creative rest. You're appreciating um, uh, natural beauty that's around you. And creative mm-hmm. rest, rest is the appreciation of beauty mm-hmm. and its ability to awake on wonder inside of you. Well, if you're depleted in the creative aspect, then that's going to make you feel that's better. That's great. Right. But if your depletion is in mental rest because you have a highly... Uh, active job or career where you're having to process information all the time, keep up with kids, schedule, who's got to be at ballet, who's got to be at football, you've got to keep up with the finances, then mental rest cannot be fixed with creative rest. Right. Yeah, exactly. And like, like you said, I mean, until I landed on your website, I didn't even know seven types of rest. What? Like, how, how are there more than just even two, maybe? In my mind, you know, I could, Mm -hmm. I could emotional and physical. I was like, okay, yeah, emotional and physical. And then this list. And so it has been so cool just since I kind of discovered you and everything that you're about digging into that stuff. You have so many incredible resources, your quiz, and then your blog is like so like packed with resources. So if you like me struggle with rest, you need to go to the show notes. You need to land on her page. You need to read her book because it's, it's so much information. And like you were saying, I think that so many of us, we, it's been dumbed down. Rest mm-hmm. has been dumbed down. That's the best, like, that is such a great line because I think, while yes, it can look like taking a nap. That's not to say that rest isn't taking a nap Yes, that is, a ty- that is a type of physical rest. Absolutely. Napping, sleeping is passive physical rest. And so it is a type. But if you think about the big scheme, you know, at, at physical rest has passive and active. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about a half of physical half, rest. A half of one of seven. Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't even know what that math looks No, like. I don't want to but even yeah. think about it. <laughs> but, but I mean, when you think about it that way, you're missing out on so much when you're just focusing on sleeping and napping. Yes. So what are some things that you've learned about 
about rest as a spiritual practice. Like you mentioned earlier, I think we all know like Psalms 23, we all know Matthew 11, but there's, it's so much more than that. I mean, that verse that you were, you were referencing in Isaiah, like Mm -hmm. rest is such a consistent theme throughout the Bible. What are some of the big things? Well, I think one, one huge one that really just, um, floored me when I was going through the Bible, you know, I, we all kind of start with Genesis. I mean, God really set the foundation from the beginning, Mm -hmm. you know, as far as what rest should look like. And I talk a lot about work rest ratios because we get out of balance with that. I don't like the word balance, but well, we get out of sync with how that should look based on what his pattern is. And so when we, even when we just look at that pattern, you know, um, the Bible shows that man was created, man and woman, uh, you know, created on the sixth day. So we have man created on the sixth day, or people, I should say, created on the sixth day. And so the seventh day, the next full day after that was the day of rest. Mm-hmm. And so the more I thought about that, I was like, okay, so we're created on the sixth day. And then the first day, the first full day we have is a day dedicated to, to rest. rest. Huh. So are we supposed to be working to rest or do we rest to work? Whoa. Yeah. Because he didn't put us down, you know, he didn't create us. And, and then, then the say, very get first to work. day, yeah, the very first day say, get to it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, go spend your whole day working until you earn this rest. Yeah. It was, I've created you. I've given you and I've, I'm defining what your role and your, your position is, what your calling is. But the very first thing you need to do is to spend time in my presence and to learn how to rest. Dang. Because that is where you fill up to then go out and pour out into whatever it is he's called us to do. Yes. And so that that was life changing for me yeah. um, as a leader. Because, you know, sometimes when you're in ministry or, you know, in a, even in the corporate setting, you know, when you're leading people you get this sense that you always have to be on, that mm-hmm. you've always got to be go, 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 and that you can't allow them to see you, uh, you know, doing any kind of self-care, mm-hmm. taking care of yourself or that mm-hmm. downtime. And and that really became eye-opening because they have to know that I'm modeling the same thing that I want them to do for themselves. And I don't that, want that them was the out. very first example. <laughs> that, yeah. It's like, it's not something I came up with. He, this is how he set it up. Exactly. We are to lead from a place of rest. We are to parent from a place of rest. We are to work from a place of rest. We are to live from a place of rest. Rest is our foundation that keeps us filled up so that we're not pouring out till we're depleted. Mm. We're pouring out from our overflow. We're continuously being able to be released and release what's inside of us because there's no fear of depletion when you know you already are starting at your uh, field. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Like, if you had a mic, I would ask you to drop it. So good. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, so let's just pretend completely hypothetically that you're talking to somebody who's really bad at rest. Because that's Mm -hmm. I'm I'm great at rest. I'm just kidding. I'm terrible (laughs) at this. So what are some, like, tangible first steps that somebody can take to start pursuing rest, to start pursuing, like, functioning out of rest? Yes. So, well... I'll just use myself as an example. The very first thing you have to do is figure out what type of rest you're needing. Mm. So barring taking the quiz and all of that, what I have most of my patients and my coaching clients and things do is to think about what your typical day looks like. 
where is it that you are most getting most depleted? Mm. And the quickest way to determine that is to determine what feels what, what feels wrung out at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Is your attitude bad? You know, are you snapping at your kids and your husband and everybody else that walks through the door? Is your mind just full and you don't have any space for anything else? Um, you're having a hard time concentrating. Mm-hmm. Is your neck hurting? Do you have a headache? Mm-hmm. You know, is your back hurt? Um, you know, just depending on what what feels as if it's depleted. Once you can identify where you're depleting, then that's where you need to start filling back up. And, you know, different jobs pour out in different ways. You know, it's interesting to me, but I have I speak with a lot of um, moms, stay at home moms and homeschool moms who are picking up children all day long. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm asking them about, you know, what's being depleted, a lot of them don't realize that when you're listening to high pitched screaming all day long, you need sensory rest. Yes. Your, your senses are being overloaded and not just with the sound, but with hands touching you. Mm-hmm. You're being touched all day long. All day. You know? <laughs> and so your senses are being overloaded. And it's really interesting. This might be more graphic than you care to get into, mm-hmm. but it's really interesting that I had a large number of men emailing me, telling me how much better their relationships were after their wives read the book. And I thought, this is really bizarre because they were really intimate details about how their relationships were getting better. (laughs) And I thought, this is very bizarre. And then one gentleman made a statement that I hadn't even processed because I wasn't thinking about it like that. He was like, my wife and I, our relationship had really gotten strained after kids because sexually she was not interested in the least bit anymore. Yes. He said, after we read your book, it was like, he was like, it was like a light bulb came on. She can't accept my touch because it's just another pair of hands. It's another pair he's, of hands. He's I like, can't tell I, so... you how many times I've had that conversation <laughs> with other moms. It's like, I've oh been touched goodness. all day. Please, like, don't touch me. So it was also because he wrote back and said, when he goes, he goes, she, did, she this is what she did. She showed me this section of the book. Mm-hmm. He goes, I read it. And he's like, it was like someone had given me the key to redeeming my marriage. He's like, he said, oh I, he goes, so I, so when I get home and after we do our family time and dinner time, I'm the bedtime daddy. Yes. He goes, I, I, I he goes, the first day I did it, I, I, you know, told her to go do whatever she'd like to do just to unwind. Yeah. And he was like, then one day I, I did a bubble bath and, you know, he came up with all these little cool, cute things mm-hmm. he was doing. But the whole goal was to get her away from the kids yes. and to have the kids realize bedtime's daddy time. Mm-hmm. Mommy's not going to put you to sleep. Yeah. Mommy's going to say goodnight. And then this is my time because she's with them all, all day. day. So it's beneficial for yeah. him to have that time alone. Plus, when he got done putting the kids to bed. She was more receptive to whatever he had to offer. Yes. And that another thing they did was this um, was the social rest part. They, you know, a lot of times when you're married, the only time you're like eye to eye with your spouse is when you're yelling at each other mm-hmm. or you're discussing how you're gonna, you know, how you're gonna punish the kids or something. You know? the hard <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah, the stuff that's not fun. Yeah. And he was like one of the things that I recommended, um, actually on a blog post that they pulled up was to spend five minutes just talking to each other face to face, not looking at the TV, not mm-hmm. talking at the computer, but actually looking in each other's eyes the way you do when you first, you know, start building a relationship. Yeah. And it was amazing. And I, you know, the first email I got, I thought, oh, that's cool that for that couple. But it was like a stream of emails <laughs> from, from, you know, tw- from 30 to like 40 year old men yeah. um, who were writing saying about how their relationships were improving. 
And it was just amazing to me. Oh my gosh, that's, absolutely. Because that's not something that I ever That wasn't the, necessarily <laughs> like the original goal. It was just like a cool outcome. Yeah, that is. It's actually helping relationships yeah. that rest because it does. It affects every area of our life. And we oh think about it as, oh, I just need more energy to get more stuff done. We need more energy for everything we pour into. Absolutely. Well, and, and everybody I feel like, I feel like every couple of days, my husband and I look at each other like, oh, oh, hey, hi, <laughs> what's up? Good to see you. Like make <laughs> eye contact because life is so crazy in this season. I have a it four is. year old and an 18 month old and, you know, he has a job and I have a job and things are crazy. And so just the idea of of sometimes rest looks like having a nice conversation with your husband. Yeah. You know, and it, it's so it's so interesting to just think about it. But, you know, when I was when I was working through this in my own life with my husband, that was one of the things that we had done. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd gotten so used to being in the room together, but we weren't together. Right. You know, we weren't yes. even on the same wavelength, let alone page or anything. Yeah, else. we were just in the same room. And so our relationship was getting strained. Not because we didn't love each other, but because we weren't connecting anymore. And because so there was so no exhausted. social rest there. Mm-hmm. You're so exhausted that I don't. Yeah. Like you were talking about dad doing bedtime. We both do bedtime. He helps out with that, which we may need to implement some new uh, some new roles there. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be like, uh, I don't know about this whole podcast thing. Uh, <laughs> but it's so true. I mean, at the end of the day, I am tapped out. I'm completely touched out, talked out, wind out. And mm-hmm. I never really thought about like, I think for me, a lot of the time rest ends up looking like laying in bed watching Netflix, but that's still sensory. Overload. Exactly. And that's what so many people do on the weekend. too. Yes. They say I'm going to rest and then they, you know, veg out on the sofa with whatever is on. But as I said, whenever you think about rest now, think about what am I restoring? Mm -hmm. Now, if you're watching Netflix and it's something that's like um, that's inspirational or motivational, then you might be able to identify that restored my spiritual creative or creative or something. But if you at the end of it, you're like, "Eh, you know, I saw three hours of whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't tell you what happened. I still feel tired. Right. It probably didn't restore where you actually were depleted from. And I really had never thought about it from like a sensory mm-hmm. standpoint that, I mean, it's still, if you're in sensory overload all day and then you just turn the TV on and get, it's just more, more overload. it's just more being blasted at you. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Lots to think about. <laughs> okay. So we've come to the end of the show where we're going to do just some quick, fun, rapid fire questions that I like to ask all of my guests. First one is a no-brainer for me. What is your Enneagram number? I'm a three. You're a three, and I'm an eight. And so three and eight females tend to be kind of that soul sister feel. So I'm not surprised <laughs> that this conversation has gone the way that it has. Um, what is something that can always pull you out of a funk? Worship music. Ooh. Worship music has saved me more times than I can imagine. Um, I, I actually do a podcast sometimes called Worship Therapy where I'll Ooh. listen to a worship song and then I'll do kind of a mini therapy session, so to speak, um, off the song, kind of what it spoke to me, oh kind of the, the emotional and mental aspects of it, the teaching aspect of it, because that's really what worship music does for me. It, uh-huh. it speaks to me in a way that allows me to process and heal. I love that. We're definitely going to have to link to that too. I do love having church in my car. 
<laughs> like my kids know if mama wakes up funky, we're not listening to Hakuna Matata. We're going to be listening <laughs> to some like hill song or something in the car. Um, so we were just talking about like vegging out with Netflix, but I am going to ask, what is the last thing you watched? Um, I don't think it was on Netflix. The last video, the last streaming video that my husband and I watched was called Game Night. I think that's oh, the name yeah, of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it a movie? It's a movie uh, about just that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Play lots of games. And it was hilarious. Oh, it was, good. It was, it was a comedy. Yeah. And so I think that's the last thing I can recall watching. <laughs> that's so funny. I remember seeing commercials for that. Well, Chandra, thank you so much for being here, for taking the time to jump on and share your wisdom about rest with us. I really feel like I've learned so much in this interview. I'm like, I'm going to have to go back and listen to it and take my own notes. Um, I'm just so thankful. Thank you so much. I told her, I told Chandra before we jumped on, thank you for being willing to be interviewed by basically a stranger that found you on Instagram. So happy to talk with you. (laughs) Um, Tell our listeners where they can find and follow you to keep learning about rest uh, my main website is i choose my and they can link to the rest quiz from there as well as all the links to the different books awesome and like i said all of those links are going to be in the show notes as well as links to your book and all of that kind of stuff so we're gonna have all the info in the show notes which is confessions of a crappy christian.com thank you so much thank you for having me Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you can find the show notes and more information about the show at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. I'll see y'all next week. Today is nonstop, and suddenly your checking account is overdrawn. But what if we gave you more time on that one? At Huntington, if you accidentally overdraw your account by $50 or less, we've put a $50 safety zone in place, so you won't be charged an overdraft fee. It's one more way we're looking out for you, so you can have time for what matters most. Huntington, welcome. $50 safety zone does not apply to returned items. Your account will be automatically closed if it remains negative for 60 days. Learn more at Huntington.com slash safety zone. Start a rewarding new career right away. Giant Eagle has immediate openings for supermarket positions, including curbside roles, get-go positions, pharmacy technicians, and warehouse workers. To find your new job and get hired in as little as one day, visit jobs.gianteagle.com.